listening to Unscripted, the film show. Man, I'm walking here! I'm walking here! Here's Johnny! You're gonna need a bigger boat. I'll have what she's having. Wanna hear the most annoying sound in the world? Uh, in Hong Kong. So, that looks delightful. Yeah. Oh, don't you just wish that we could do those kind of things? I mean, we can in our own backyards, <laughs> I suppose, sit there with our feet up, but it's not quite the same. Yeah. And, and it's been uh, like this This month has been weird. Like, yeah. have you found it like a little bit depressing? Like July yeah. has been because – and it's because the this weather that we've been having is weird, like it's constantly raining mm. for, for most of the month. I mean, it was so nice today to have blue skies. Oh, and it was going, so good. And going, my God, there's, there's actually like blue up there. That's fantastic. Yeah. It was weird. That's what it would be like living in England all the time. I know. You know, I used to, about 10 years ago when I first visited the UK, I was like, I want to live here, you know. I love it. It's gorgeous. It's a beautiful place to visit, but I don't know if I could put up with that weather mm, um, mm. all the time. And I've always said, you know, I prefer the cold weather. And, you know, I... That's kind of somewhat true, but I don't like when it's constantly grey outside. I like there to be some sun. Mm. It just makes you feel so much better. I just don't know what people do in, you know, Scandinavia where it's cold and dark for six months of the year. It must be – they must have ways. They must have ways. I think, I think they've got like those lights that, they, that you hold and you just look into the lights uh, yep. just to like feel like the sun. But, yeah, I think we're, we're generally lucky here in WA, in, in Perth. But, yeah, this uh, this last July has been, uh, been something else. So, Oh, please, sun, come out soon. But it's definitely been a weird one. I don't recall it being this um, rainy mm, last year. Mm. Or at least consistent rain over, you know, days. Yeah. But like you look at your weather app on your phone and it's just rain, rain, rain. Well, at least at least weather app, uh, hopefully now. Oh, no, it's still rain. <laughs> um, yeah, it's still like for the next uh, next week. But like I, I swear like today or yesterday it went uh, all of a sudden, oh, my God, there's blue skies so it gave me a bit of sun on the weather app. But, <laughs> oh, it's certainly, certainly a good time to stay inside and, and watch movies. Oh, it is. And we do have a few to talk about tonight, which is fantastic. We've got a film called The Toll, uh, which is set in Wales. I know. Uh, it's a Welsh film. Mm. I'm not going to attempt a Welsh accent. If Rachel was here, yeah. she probably would do a fantastic one. I'm not sure if like she could pull off a Welsh accent. That's it's very difficult. difficult. It's, it's very, it's very uh, a niche kind mm. of accent. We'll have to test her on it next week. Fair See, we'll, we'll surprise her. Hopefully yeah. she's not listening to the show and, um, and knows. Uh, we've also got Old, which is the new M. Night Shyamalan film, <laughs> the master of twist, if you like. Um, although some would say, I think his earlier stuff was good and then mm. he had this kind of middle part with films like The Last Airbender and The Happening, which weren't so good. And then he's returned a little bit with The Visit oh, okay. and uh, Glass mm. and Split. So um, now we've got Old. Uh, we've also got uh, Gunpowder Milkshake, <laughs> which I keep wanting to call Cupcake Milkshake. <sighs> I don't know why. It does rhyme a little bit. It would be great having a Cupcake um, Milkshake. I, I think that would be fantastic. Yeah, it would be great. Oh, yeah, that would be nice. Having, having gunpowder in a milkshake doesn't no, sound very doesn't very nice. Sound good no, at all. And then no. if we get time, I did see a film called Black Bear, uh, which stars Aubrey Plaza. So that's pretty exciting. Actually, I did want to say, I um, believe it or not, I watched Black Widow. Oh, you watched Black Widow? Me. Awesome. Little old me who generally stays away from these types of films. Um, and I must say I really enjoyed it. It felt a lot like a spy movie mm. more than it did, you know, Marvel or, or whatnot. So I really liked learning about, um, yeah, Natasha's story mm. and where she come from. And I think there's a, a good lead in there with um, maybe some other characters. Yes. So did, did you drag yourself to the cinema or did you watch it on Disney Plus? Watched it on Disney Plus. Right. Which um, I downloaded recently because uh, it's one of the only streaming services I can find Bob's Burgers on um, and I'm quite obsessed with watching that at the moment and, um, yeah, there's 11 series of it. Well, there's so, a lot to, lot to keep you going then. Yeah, lots to keep me going. <laughs> so, um, and then anyway, I got on and I thought, you know what, I really need to start with this Marvel. I can't 
ignore it for the rest of my life. <laughs> I've got to throw myself into it. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to start with this because I like this. It's a bit of a story about these, you know, characters. Mm. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it. So um, I'm interested to go back. And I don't think you have to be uh, up to date with what's going on. There's obviously some references there mm. and, and whatnot to previous films or the ones that mm, sits mm. between, but... Yeah. But now you've got Disney Plus, you can go yeah. back and you can watch uh, all those films for free because no they're excuse. all on there. No yeah. excuse now. But, um, yeah, maybe maybe with this rainy weather, if we've got some over the weekend, I might um, put a film on, a Marvel film on. Excellent. And, um, keep watching. So I, I thought I'd better let uh, listeners know that I'm not totally against it all. It's not that I'm not. You know, I do like that stuff. It's just time. Yeah, if you like that one, you'll probably like uh, um, uh, Winter Soldier, Captain America Winter Soldier, because uh, that was a very spy kind of uh, a movie as well. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, each of the uh, the Marvel films has got their, their own little genre that they uh, that they play into. So, mm. uh, yeah, but they're all, they're all good in my eyes. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm sure that you will experience them at some point. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you've ever really given um, a bad review or a bad score to a Marvel film. Yeah, memory over the years. So well before before they were Marvel films like Spider Man Three. Yeah, uh, that that was a terrible film. Uh, Fantastic Four, the most recent one, that was awful. Um, oh, so bad. bad, I've never seen it more than once in the cinema. Um, and yeah, so there are some comic book films I don't like, but for the most part, I just think Marvel's done a really good job. Mm. They uh, and as long as they keep on doing it and doing it well, I'm going to keep giving it good scores. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, is there any more film news we need to discuss before we um? I started typing in film news to my um into my phone, which is something I usually do before I uh, get on air. But usually we like to discuss a bit before we jump into films. But who knows? We might be jumping straight into <laughs> films tonight, unless I can find something. Oh, Zack Snyder plans Army of the Dead sequel. Not sure that's a good idea. Army of the Dead, that, that's a Netflix uh, movie, isn't it? Netflix zombie film, which uh, sits at about two and a half hours. Did you see, did you watch that? I did watch it. Was it good? I didn't wow, mind that it. That wasn't, uh, that wasn't a good No, it groan. wasn't, was it? I didn't, I didn't dislike it, but uh, it just felt a bit too long uh, for me. Mm. Um, sorry. Yeah, I don't know if a second one would necessarily be needed but there were a lot of unanswered questions so perhaps those questions uh maybe a sequel is needed to answer those because it's it's a sense it's a a heist movie really it is it's a heist slash zombie film really um zombies have ravaged uh las vegas and uh, a group of uh i suppose special operatives or people who have got these kind of advanced skills are you know sent in to retrieve some money, Mm. um, but in order to do that must obviously navigate their way through uh, zombies. So uh, there you go. But the the interesting thing about that film is um, Tignataro is in it. And if you aren't familiar with the process, because originally Chris D'Elia, comedian, was slated, uh, well, he did play the role that Tignataro had and it had all been filmed. And then... Mm. Um, some, unf- you know, some unfortunate uh, allegations against him came forward. So they decided to cut him from the film and uh, Tignataro obviously filmed all her scenes green screen and they've literally just scrubbed Chris D'Elia out and placed her wow. into the film. So she didn't have anyone um, acting against. She didn't have that. You know, she was just literally saying lines and then they were throwing her in. So some people did pick up on on that a little bit, that it did seem a little bit off. Oh, I want to see it now. Um, see, it's, that sounds awesome. But I think Tignataro was the perfect choice. Uh, she provided comic relief for that film and was the best part of the film, to be honest. Because Tignataro is Australian, isn't she? Tignataro, no, no. She's a, um a, American comedian. Um, I better check that because you could actually be right. I, I don't know. Maybe I just associated with a Melbourne Comedy Festival or something. Ah, maybe American stand-up comic. So yeah, um, she she was great in the film. So and I mean you've got Dave Batista who uh, is really serious in this film. Mm. He was going for a real serious <laughs> vibe. So maybe that's what it was that threw me off. Where I, I thought it was going to be very comic mm, mm. Uh, and very comedy. Um, Have based. you seen him playing Drax in Guardians of the Galaxy? No, I have seen the first Guardians mm. of the Galaxy film, but I can't recall 
necessarily. Has he got good comedy chops? Or? Yeah, yeah. No, he's got he's got very good. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, I, I think Guardians is the best example of it. Uh, mm. That uh, I think James Gunn just knows how to bring it out of him. Ah. Um, actually, speaking of James Gunn, the Suicide Squad is going to get uh, released in August. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm just yeah hanging out to check that one out because uh, he's the first person that's crossed over from Marvel to DC and then is crossing back to Marvel again. <laughs> so it's uh, it, but it's cool. He's a great director. Um, yes. And so I'm, I'm really looking forward to checking out uh, the Suicide Squad because I think the the initial Suicide Squad film by David Ayres was just it was okay. Mm. But I mean there were there were good highlights bits like Harley Quinn was really good. But it just didn't uh, it just didn't grab me. But this one looks really good, so I'm I'm very excited. Jungle Cruise coming up next week as well. It's oh. like oh, so much good stuff coming out. There is mm. plenty of good stuff coming out. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show on Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. You know, we see a lot of films. We do, we do. It's, that, that's that's one of the things is like when it was. Um, uh, pre-COVID times when there were so many films coming out, it was just a uh, habit that we would, you know, you get, get an invite and you go see the film yep. and then um, – but then now it's kind of uh, got to the point where there was a, a big length of time with no films mm. and, and then you get used to being at home and stuff like that. Now we're getting back into there's films again. It's kind of like, oh, my God, I've got to drag myself out. and But uh, but we still – we do enjoy uh, doing that. We enjoy going and seeing films. We enjoy coming in here and talking about them. So. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and there's been some rippers lately. Um, i seen a film called Gunpowder Milkshake, which has actually been in cinemas for a week, but I, I, must, I wasn't here last week, no. which is why I didn't talk about it. But uh, if people are not familiar with this film, it does star Karen Gillan, who is, of course, uh, from Doctor Who. She's a Scottish lass. Uh, she is also uh, Nebula in yes, Guardians of the Galaxy. thank you. Thank you. Yeah. She absolutely is 100%. Um, she's made her way into uh, the American film industry more these days because she was also in uh, Jumanji. Yes, uh, true. Which she did a great job in. So she, in this film, plays Sam, who is this kind of bitter uh, assassin if you like, who was separated from her mum uh, when she was quite young. Her mum is also an assassin. Mm -hmm. And as a result, she was brought up by this kind of interesting secret and shady or somewhat shady organisation that's led by this character played by Paul Giamatti. Anyway, she spends her day killing whoever she's really told to. Mm -hmm. She just gets the order um, and goes out and, you know, takes out whoever she has to. And what should be a simple job for her? So she gets a call one night and says, hey, can you complete this job? Sure. She thinks, hey, an hour's tops. I'll be home uh, eating ice cream in front of the, <laughs> the, the television again, uh, actually turns out to be a little bit of a misunderstanding and it forces Sam to go rogue and outsmart a criminal uh, underbelly organisation all while protecting an eight-year-old girl who she meets along the way. Meanwhile, Lena Hedy... Hedy? Lena Hedy. Lena Hedy. Yep. Uh, plays the mother and she is also brought into the story. Uh, yeah, she, Sam kind of goes, uh, come, comes across her mum and um, they, they team up. So, you know, it's interesting because there's so many films about assassins and spies out there. You've got, you know, John Wick, uh, Kingsman. Mm. I mean, we've seen Nobody recently, which was a bit of a, I don't know if that was necessarily an assassin or just a guy who had no, no, he was an assassin. He was, wasn't <laughs> um, he? And the hitman's wife's bodyguard. Exactly. Yeah. So I think when you've got, uh, when you do a new attempt, you've got to do something that sets it aside mm. to make it a little bit different. And I think this somewhat pulls that off because it really is a female-led cast. You've got, um, you know, Karen Gillan, Lena Headey, Angela Bassett's mm -hmm. in this film. You've got Michelle uh, Yeo. So it's really female-centred. Um, female and aesthetically, I don't know if you've seen the ads to the film, but it's really quite pleasing. It's really stylized. It's got this kind of neon noir um, palette. So it's really composed of that, um, yeah, neon lighting 
that. You think Blade Runner, for right. example, mm-hmm. that kind of aesthetic. Um, I hate using that word. It sounds so pretentious, aesthetic. Um, And it's also one of the, correct me if I'm wrong, but possibly one of the only action films I've ever seen where someone has to fight without the use of their arms. I can't recall ever seeing that in a film. I reckon it'd probably be in some sort of kung fu film. Possibly. You're possibly right. But yes, Karen Gillan uh, loses the use of her hands. Oh, okay. Uh, At at one point in the film, Hatner has to fight some bad guys and it's quite good. But it's quite a violent film too. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are very desensitised to the the crazy amounts of violence that we see on our screens nowadays. Is it violent though, like Kill Bill was violent, where it's over the top kind of, so it's almost comical kind of violence? Yeah. Right, okay. It is. So you do find yourself laughing when you think, hmm, should I be laughing at that? Yeah. But hey, um, and look, it doesn't quite reach its full potential in terms of narrative or script, but there's so much to take in visually, mm. which I, I really like. And, you know, Sam starts out as this kind of unlikable character, but does redeem herself a little bit. So uh, it's out now. I'm going to score it. Oh, three dead arms. Three dead arms. Three dead arms. There you go. So. It wasn't because it wasn't it was like her, her birthday and she was like turning 20 and they gave her like, you know, 20 bumps and, and that's why she got the dead arms? No, not <laughs> quite, but she's kind of injected with this. It's not giving too much yeah. away, but injected with something that um, just basically renders her arms useless for about 20 minutes. So right. um, she gets this young girl to strap on um, a knife in one hand <laughs> and then strap in a gun on the other. And um, she's kind of flopping them around. Uh, you can probably visualise that. That sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah. So I think this would be right up your alley, actually, Lewis. So yeah. Yeah. I, I, I haven't seen it, but I'm going to give it five floppy arms. <laughs> <laughs> five floppy arms. So that one is out now. Um, yeah, check it out. I think people will like the, the, the visuals in, in this one. So um, that is out now. So I come across a little bit of a gem on iTunes. I don't visit iTunes too much mm. unless I want to purchase a film because you have to buy f- – oh, that sounds really bad. You have to buy films on iTunes. Um, <laughs> well, as opposed to streaming them on a streaming Well, service. yeah, I, I guess it's just more complicated in that you've got to go in, you've got to click mm. it, you've got to purchase it, blah, blah, blah. So I don't usually go there unless there's a film I really want to watch and I haven't been able to find it on another streaming service. And mind you, I do pay for all my streaming services, so I'm <laughs> definitely contributing. And I – actually don't mind buying films if it's something that I want to watch. Mm. But the good thing about iTunes, and I'm sure other um, VODs do this, is that you can either choose to purchase the film or rent the film, uh, in which you get like a 24-hour period yeah, and, yeah. and whatnot. So, um, yeah, and I just it – it was a Saturday night, couldn't find anything to watch, so I thought I'll check out iTunes because I have some really cool stuff on there. And there was this one for a film called Black Bear, and I had a, an image of Aubrey Plaza who is from Parks and Rec, mm-hmm. um, in w- which we all know and, and love. Uh, such a fantastic TV series. Are you all the way through it yet? We've or? watched it all. Yeah. Done, done it all, yeah. Are you going to go back for a second watch, do you think? No, I don't know. Maybe maybe years down the track, down the track possibly. Yeah. But uh, no, no. We've, that's the thing with streaming is like you've you got to move on yeah. uh, and, and find <laughs> something else. <laughs> you do have to yeah. move on. and um, But a great series, really um, – Really popular, a lot mm. of people love it, and I thought I'm going to give it a go. I really like her, and I had I didn't know anything about this film at first. I thought it was that film, uh, Cocaine Bear. Oh yes, um, yes, and I thought that was this film. Yeah. So, and then I realised it was a completely different film. But anyway, it's written and directed by Lawrence Michael Levine, who his work's really new to me. I haven't heard of <laughs> any of his stuff, but. It centres on Alison, played by Aubrey Plaza, and she's an actor-turned-film director who escapes to this isolated cabin uh, in an attempt to write a feature film. So her hosts are Gabe and Blair, played by Christopher Abbott and Sarah Gadden, respectively. Uh, Christopher Abbott might sound familiar to some people. He's got a very familiar face, and there was a film, and I can't recall now, what it was but it was in he was in it recently and um the plot is a little bit ambiguous it's broken into two parts and without giving too much away the second part of the movie moves into the meta cinema genre mm. and that is when the audience are made are made aware that they are watching a work of fiction so a film within a film right if you like so it, it turns out that these characters were introduced to in the film are making a film. And there's also some interesting psychological play 
going on as well between the, the stars of this film and the director of the film. Uh, and, yeah, I guess as the audience, the line between reality and fiction just becomes slightly blurred. Mm-hmm. So you find yourself watching the film to see which direction it takes. So I know it's a very ambiguous kind of <laughs> synopsis of the film, but are you intrigued at least by that whole meta-cinema yeah, genre? Yeah, like uh, the, the, the fourth wall breaking is, yeah. uh, is, is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. so I'm gonna, I'll am gonna i leave it there, but I'm actually, I really like this film and I'm going to score it for uh, Grizzly Bears. Well, actually, I shouldn't say. I don't think. I think they're black bears, yeah. not grizzly bears. But there is a there are bears in this <laughs> film, so they do make an appearance. Because grizzly bears are generally brown, aren't they? Correct. Yeah. You are very, very yeah. correct. Um, these are black bears. I which can't believe like people like you know. Whenever like foreigners uh, talk about Australia, mm. they're always like, "Oh my God, the spiders and the snakes and the crocodiles and the sharks and everything's trying to kill you." And in America, there's people where they've got like you know bears walking mm. through their backyard. Yeah, it's kind of like. Dudes, like seriously, you, you've got much more dangerous animals there. Well, well, these guys in this film complete—it seems completely unfazed by the fact that there were bears outside while they were they were filming. And I thought, um, whatever. But I think bears are quite slow, aren't they? I so don't you know. could probably outrun one. I don't, I don't think. I think they are quite fast animals when they want to be. Um, but I saw uh, a thing. I'm, I'm sure everyone saw this on on Facebook. Um, but it was a, a bear family walking down to Lake Tahoe <laughs> and just having a swim. And oh. there's these people like standing around just watching these, these bears have a bit of a bathe and then walk back into the woods. Very very cool. I've yeah. just had a bit of a search about. Um, how slow bears might be. But there's a couple of myths about bears. Um, Some people think that bears have amazing sense of smell. Oh, no, wait. Nope, ignore that. I'm just trying to see... (laughs) So um, bears don't have an amazing sense of smell is what you're telling me. Bears, bears, bears. Oh, here we go. So five (laughs) myths about bears. Some people think that bears' amazing sense of smell must make up for the lack of vision. But in fact, bears' eyesight's this is worded really weirdly, is at least as good as humans. So they have excellent night vision uh, due to the reflective membrane on the back of their eye. Hmm. Right. So most bears don't eat just meat. Both grizzly bears and black bears are omnivores. So they do eat a lot of plants Hmm. too. Uh, Apparently some people believe that bears can't run downhill, but apparently they can. (laughs) And they can also run down hills and run as fast as 35 miles per hour, which apparently is as fast as a horse. That's pretty darn fast. That's pretty fast. Yeah. So, uh, and here it's got in big letters, a bear can outrun you no matter what. So, um, don't take my word for it. Um, Yeah. And it says here, oh, there's that myth about you should not run away from an attacking bear. Um, People say that you should just stop. Yeah, um, and or play dead or something like play that. Play dead, but apparently it doesn't really matter because um, if if the bear is hungry, it's gonna eat you, yeah. or it's gonna chase you at, um, as fast as a horse does. So there you go. So so that's it's the same situation as uh, avoiding sharks. Um, if you don't go into the water, it's very unlikely you're gonna get killed by a shark. Uh, and similarly with bears, if you don't go into their house, then they're <laughs> unlikely to kill you. And yet, people keep going into their house. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's yeah, it's very interesting. I mean, I'd love to go and 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 see bears in the wild. Oh yeah, from a distance. Yeah, from a big <laughs> with distance. some binoculars. Yeah, um, yeah, no, or at least in some guarded kind of cage. But I honestly, you, you being not. in the cage, not the bear yeah, being. Exactly. <laughs> yes, yes, that's what I meant. Like you know how you can get those shark cages? shark cages. Yeah, like, like a bear, bear cage. cage. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I feel like yeah, no, I did not know that bears ran that fast at all so you do learn something new every day and they can run down hills and probably up hills and if you climb up a tree they can climb up a tree they can climb up a tree too so um yeah stay away from bears people that is my advice to you for the show and um we do have two films left to talk about tonight we've got a film called the toll and um old um so i probably should shut up and stop talking and we we both seen this film, The Toll. I'm actually really interested to see what your thoughts were I, uh, about it. So I went into this film, um, and I think sometimes people find it odd uh, when uh, they they 
speak to me and they say, oh, what are you doing? I go, I'm going to go see a film. And they go, oh, what's it called? And I say, The Toll. And they go, what's it about? And I go, yeah. <laughs> Um, because the, the thing is, is that, like um, we we don't uh, kind of make those choices about what films we go and see. Mm-hmm. We get invited to the films and we go and see them. And to me, it just uh, unless it's something, I actually prefer the ones where you know very little about it. Yes, and it's kind of like you just go and you go and enjoy the ride. Um, and that was the case with this, this film. I got like, my co- colleague asked me the other day, oh, "What's it about?" And I said, "I have no idea." And uh, and that's even up to the point where we go go into the cinema and sit down. Still have no idea what the film is about. And it, we, I didn't even realise it was set in Wales. That was a surprise. Um, and it is the the story about a guy who works in a toll booth. And I was thinking it was going to be like a toll booth on a busy road, yeah. um, something <laughs> like that. But this toll booth is out in the middle of nowhere. And uh, and he's just there getting his 40p for when people go through this toll booth and no idea why it's there. The road looks you – know, you know how basically you know, toll booths are usually uh, paid things so that they can afford to uh, keep up the roads? Or, yes. Um, they have toll booths um, because somebody has paid to make the road and then their payment for it is to get the, the tolls mm-hmm. for that, that particular road. Whereas this one just doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. So this guy – is in this toll booth. He's got that kind of life where he's just there reading his book, um, just having you know a, a very uninteresting life in, in most <laughs> most people's uh, you know circumstances. Um, but he's he's doing this kind of stuff, and then you're getting the story of him telling events, the events of the day, to a police officer, um, and so. When you're watching this film, it's not a linear film. It's it's like it's all over the place. And you're kind of piecing together events in, in your mind. Um, but uh, with this um, toll booth worker uh, who is just called Toll Booth, uh, he's, he's never actually given a name. He's, oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, he's played by Michael Smiley. Um, and the uh, the the first thing I remember seeing Michael Smiley in was in Spaced, the uh, Simon Pegg yeah. uh, Wright show, uh, and he played this bike courier who uh, would like always be on drugs and uh, took them out to a rave, and he would go oi oi, and uh, and yeah. So and when we were watching this film and he came on screen, Cat was like, oh my god, oh my god, oi oi, and I was like, okay, yeah, fine, Spaced, I get it, yeah, okay. Um, so he's a he's a the, the toll booth guy. Uh, the uh, local police uh, officer, Catherine, uh, is played by uh, Anna Eels, and she was amazing. Mm. Did you not think? Did you? I, yeah, I found her performance really engaging. I, I liked. Um, yeah, she kind of lit her. up the screen when she yeah. was on the screen. I was going, this 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 actress is going places. I mean, she may be been in a lot of stuff, but this is the first time I recognised yes. her being on screen. But yeah, she was great. And the uh, then you also had. Um, uh, Ewan uh, Renton, uh, who people would remember from um, Misfits. Of course. And, he, yeah, of course. Yeah. And he's also in uh, um, uh, Game of Thrones as well mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and a few other things. Uh, and he he's playing Dom. Um, and it's interesting because you know, as the film progresses, you understand that Tollbooth, there's more to him than meets the eye. Mm. Um there's a, a guy rocks up to his toll booth uh, and recognizes him, and uh, says that uh, you know somebody's going to come and visit him, and uh, and things aren't going to be that great. Um, and so toll booth uh, enlists um, uh, Dom and uh, one of his other uh, compatriots to uh, do some of his his dirty work for him because uh, uh, Magnus is coming to get him. The, the whole thing is the it's a really odd film, like, and, and we don't get a lot of Welsh films like. Can't even remember the last Welsh film I've seen, um, but this was great. Like a lot of Welsh actors were were in this film, set in Wales, really kind of just just like very very uh, just um, the, the, the we needed to have 
more Welsh stuff out there. Mm. Maybe we need a Welsh film festival. I don't know. But <laughs> if, if more Welsh films are like this one, I'm, I'm happy to have heaps of them because this film was incredibly entertaining. And it was uh, it was kind of like if Quentin Tarantino mm. directed a film in Wales, mm. this would be the film he directs. So it was, it was great. I just – there wasn't a second of this film I, I didn't enjoy. Like, you know um, – from the uh, the uh, the police officer who's on this road doing speed camera work, uh, and really there's no crime. Uh, to these three girls who decide to become jihadists <laughs> and, uh, and and rob people in, in Wales. Um, to uh, the the old blind guy, uh, you know, playing cards, and and just it was just. Yeah, I love this film. And I, I encourage people if they want to go out and see something a bit different, a bit quirky, um, if they want to go and see something really short, um, <laughs> go check out this film because it's only an hour and 23 minutes. Yeah, I, it did. It felt really, really short. And I, I realised when we got to the end, I had a bit of a look and it was, yeah, about 82 minutes. Mm. So, um, yeah, really short film. But you know what? It, 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 the film, yeah, it was, great. it was great. It did justice. It was, um, I was interested to see where it was kind of going. And, and how it was going to play out. But it definitely had that kind of um, Fargo kind of Tarantino feel to it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't violent by any means. So, you know, I don't – yeah. No, there was violence. Um, <laughs> there was – Oh, there was there definitely was, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, there was. Um, there was but a, I, really, a really violent scene, which, uh, like, um, uh, I, I haven't seen a scene quite like this since Death Becomes Her. Oh. You remember that? You remember how in Death Becomes Her they get, like, blasted through the, the stomach? Oh, the, yeah. I know the scene you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah actually, that was quite violent. Um, but I love just seeing all these eccentric, quirky characters rock up to this toll booth. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Um, Oh, at one point there was this kind of Elvis impersonator and some other character that, you know, was with her. There, and, there was, um, yeah, the Asian, the female Asian, Asian Elvis impersonator. Yes, which I thought was brilliant. So and, I just loved that. And her compatriot who he... Doesn't did, speak. He, he spoke but he just mumbled and only she could understand what he said. Yes. And then he'd just go, yeah, or you, yeah, or yeah, something yeah, like yeah, that. There like, was so much hilarity yeah. in that, just in the, alone that she could understand him mm-hmm. and he made absolutely no sense at all and the other thing is you got to hear a little bit of Welsh in this you film did. which was really yeah. cool um, I just would love to learn a language like that I think that's really great but um and oh yeah it was just a really quirky I think you mentioned quirky before and I mm. think you've just nailed it on the head because it is just quirky just but it is, it's, a, it's a black comedy and it, it was brilliant and uh, I am going to give uh, the toll uh, five heads like a whole Wow, you really did enjoy I, this. I really enjoy it. I think like there's something to be said for tight, succinct storytelling. Yes. And and that's what this this film did. It was just like, you know, it, it gave you the setup, yep. it gave you the premise and it paid it off. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, mm. well said. I'm going to score this um, not quite as high as you but four, four iPads. Four iPads, nice, um, nice. But, yeah, no, really good film. I think people should check this one out and, um, yeah, go in not knowing too much about it, although yeah. you know a bit more now because you've listened to us. Yeah. But, um, I haven't seen her in, in, in many things. We're just discussing Anna Eels. Anna Eels, yeah, because she was in The Toll, as I said, as Catherine. Mm. Um, she's in The Feast. Uh, she was in a TV Feast. show called Hidden. Uh, a movie called Apostles. Uh, she was in a Little Woman TV series, uh, Electric Dreams. She was in King Arthur, Excalibur Rising. So this may be like, did, hopefully she gets discovered from this film. Yeah. Because like she would be great. Like I, I could just see her being um, a big actress. Yeah, no, she's definitely, mm. um, yeah, she's she was really really fun to watch on screen yeah. as well. It's kind of the only real sane character in, in all of this. Um, yeah, yeah. With a kind of a bit of a backstory of her own, which mm. was nice too. So, um, yeah, it was a really well-rounded um, piece of cinema. Yes. And I completely forgot to look at the filmmaker as to, to who that person is and, and what they've done. But um, I'm interested to seeing if they've got any more work. Ryan that I Andrew can... Hooper. Or Hopper. I might go and check out some more, more of his work because, um, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. It's gems like this, I tell you. And uh, you're quite right about walking into a, a movie not knowing anything about it and um, that's the, the joy of it, I think. Yeah. No, it's just roll a dice every now and again mm. and just just go and do that. So, But, yeah, The Toll, trust me, it's uh, if you like a good black comedy, it is well worth your money. So go, go check it out. Absolutely. We've got one more film to talk about. 
tonight. One more. Uh, one more. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm sure we won't spend 20 minutes talking <sighs> about it, so we'll definitely still talk about some more stuff. But um, M. Night Shyamalan, um, he, he's a bit of the he, – he's kind of known as this guy who – you know, does a good twist in a film. Yeah. Uh, you know, think Sixth Sense, Unbreakable, Signs, those films. Uh, the Sixth Sense, I think, is probably the one that he's most known mm. for and I think, you know, no one predicted that ending. No, that was that was pretty impressive, like, filmmaking, whereas mm, it was like, dead the whole time. Amazing. Oh, I've just spoiled oh, it. Oh, well, yes. oh it's only been bloody, I don't know, two decades. I don't know, maybe not quite or maybe maybe more. Wow, there you go. Uh, And then you, of course, had Unbreakable, which is my favourite superhero film. (laughs) Uh, And uh, as a spin-off from that, you've had since Split Mm -hmm. and Glass, which I hope people now know are all connected. Um, I have not seen Unbreakable, you know. I should really see that. You should see it. Mm. Have you seen Split? Yes. And Glass? No. So I suppose the ending of Split where you – now, am I giving stuff away to you? Or I don't know. No, that's right. I'll, I'll watch it eventually. I guess fine. the part where you see Bruce Willis yeah. at the end of if Split probably he, just seems a bit out of place. Yeah. But it, there is that tie in there. So um, anyway, um, he's also had some films that people were less pleased with. Mm-hmm. Um, the Village didn't do too well. And I didn't really like that film when I first seen it. But I've actually come to like the, the um, twist. I think it's a really good one, really clever mm. one. Uh, and then obviously the less successful films, including Lady in the Water, mm-hmm. uh, The Happening, which was a bizarre film, and The Last Airbender. But then in recent years, we've had The Visit, which uh, I think it was about 2015 we've seen that film, which the uh, two two young children go and see their grandparents. Yes, yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, a bit of an interesting one there. And then we've, of course, had Split and Glass. So... Uh, yeah, he's back now with Old, which is actually inspired by a 2013 French graphic novel called Sandcastle uh, by Pierre-Oscar Levy and Frederick Peters. So this is quite interesting because uh, this is the first time that M. Night Shyamalan has created something that's not an original concept or premise. Oh, okay. Um, but however, in saying that, a lot of the stuff that happens in this film are original ideas mm. anyway. So... If you don't know about this film, um, the premise is is that several families descend on this kind of um, secluded beach that's been recommended to them by this hotel that they're staying at, this resort. And they're all taken there and they realise that they're all ageing at a very rapid rate and that they also can't escape this island. So imagine that. I mean, a lot of them have these small children who are suddenly growing up Mm. as adults. And, yeah, look, I I think it's – I'm really sitting on the fence with this film. I think that, you know, like many, the the idea of ageing and death is quite an uncomfortable conversational topic. So you're kind of confronting that in an hour and a half of this film. But – I think that the other thing about this film is that, I don't know, I was kind of perplexed at this, you know, why are they ageing when, so quick? When you say they're ageing rapidly, mm. like how are they ageing like uh, a year, an hour, or is it more rapid than that? So there was a point in the film where they had mentioned that by 10 or 13 hours on this island, they would have aged 50 years. Right. So the other thing, though, is that it did feel like people were ageing at different kind of rate. Did the kids, because the kids came in, was any of them a baby or they... Yeah, so some of them were really, really yeah. young and shot up really quickly, mm-hmm. but the adults didn't seem to age quite as quickly. But I suppose when you get an adult, you, the ageing process kind of... I don't think it slows down necessarily, but it's less obvious. Yeah, because when you've got a kid, like, yeah. you know, if a kid goes from zero to five, yeah, it's that's pretty a obvious. massive change, yeah. yeah. But if you go from... 20 to 25, yeah. not so much difference. Exactly. Yeah. So, I, I, yeah, I don't know if it felt like they were ageing at different rates or if it was just that. I reckon perhaps. that's why time takes longer as well when you're a kid. Mm, maybe. Yeah. Because it definitely does. But, yeah. um, you know, parts of the film seemed a bit rushed. Um, but I don't know if that was the illusion or the filmmaking choice to make it the audience or give the audience the sense that time was running out, mm. maybe like the, the characters in the film, which maybe it was a, a choice. I'm not quite sure. But, yeah, look, it was really interesting. I was really perplexed. I was like, what is happening? Um, you know, and the other interesting thing too is that you've got the visual component to the film where you have to 
subtly age people throughout the so film. So they, they would have to be changing. The, the younger actors would have had to be getting changed. Yeah, yeah. They do that with the older actors as well? No. Or they didn't so write? the the young actors started out as different mm-hmm. actors and then um, they threw in some older kids who they were able to use for a majority of the film. Right, right. But the adults, you could just see over time they were just adding, obviously, through makeup, you know, wrinkles mm-hmm. or making it appear older and things like that. So, yeah, it's quite an interesting film. It's not a horror film. It's more like a supernatural thriller or it's got science fiction elements in it too. Um, I mean, you're looking at, you know, ageing and, mm, and the body. Mm. So I think that's where that supernatural kind of science fiction um, thing thing comes in. But yeah, it's quite a, it's a bizarre, it's a premise. We haven't seen this kind of premise before. Mm, I'd mm. be really interested in checking out the, the graphic novel. And look, I... Yeah, I mean, and like most of his films, this film is either going to go two ways. It's going to end where they just keep ageing and then (laughs) die or there's going to be some kind of conclusion as to, you know, we find out why this is happening. And I think, you know, most of M. Night Shyamalan's films, you know, do take a bit of a twist. So, yeah, watch to the very end and you can maybe... Oh, I'm intrigued. Are you intrigued? I'm it's intrigued. I, I'm intrigued with mm. the, with this concept. It's like a really horrible reverse Benjamin Button. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was kind of hoping it was going to get to the point where maybe it got to a point and then they just start de-aging, like yeah. reverse, but no, that did not happen. But um, yeah, and all these characters. And the other thing when you age is you don't just visually change, your body changes, mm, your eyesight mm. starts to go, your hearing starts to go, you develop complex, um, you know, conditions and, you know, some of these people were, you know, not just ageing visually but ageing from a, you know, sickness point of view too. Oh. So, and everyone's so different in, in how they age. And um, But, yeah, just a really interesting, bizarre idea. And I, I don't know how I feel about the film. I loved the ending mm. and... Absolutely loved the ending, but I just don't know how I feel. I think it's more the idea of this film <laughs> gets to me a little bit. So I'm definitely sitting on the fence with this, but I really did like it. So I think I'm actually going to score this a four and a half. Ooh, four and a half. Oh, we're on a beach. <laughs> what can I give it? Crabs. Oh, sandcastles. <laughs> sandcastles. Four and a half sandcastles. Nice. So there you go. It's like the reverse cocoon where, where, where in cocoon it was you'll never age and you'll you'll never get older and you'll never die. And these mm. people are just, they're going to get older and they're going to die. Po- yeah. po- 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 possibly. I haven't seen the film. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but it was interesting though that you said that they get onto this beach and they can't get off it. Yeah. Now, that was an interesting premise, but it's, it's made equally more interesting because I started watching a TV show yesterday, uh, a TV show on Apple TV Plus called Schmigadoon. 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 Um, now, Schmigadoon <laughs> is a, a, a TV show, well, obviously, it's, a, it's on a streaming service. Uh, it's a, a, a TV show about uh, Cicely Strong, uh, play, who plays Melissa Gimble, mm. and Keegan-Michael Key, who plays Josh Skinner. And they're in a, a relationship, been in a relationship for, for three years. Um, start off really good, um, but the relationship in the last three years is kind of like reached a point where it's not as, uh, you know, um, it's not as good as it could be, a bit, 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 bit rocky. Yeah. So they go away on a couple's retreat where they're supposed to go for a bit of a hike through the woods. Oh. And they go for a hike and they get lost and they can't, um, you know, it's raining and uh, it's just horrible. And they see this bridge uh, with a mist over the top of it. So they decide to take this bridge and they go over the bridge and they end up in a town called Schmigadoon. Schmigadoon. But the weird thing about Schmigadoon is, is that the um, trees and uh, everything is very fake looking and it's really uh, always you know, bright and sunny and technicolour. And for some reason, the, uh, the residents of Schmigadoon uh, break out into uh, musicals. Oh. And, That's brilliant. Uh, and so uh, Melissa and Josh find themselves trapped in Schmigadoon. Wow. Because they can't leave until they find true love. Aww. Um, 
And uh, yeah, so you've got some amazing actors in this. Obviously, you know, uh, Keegan Michael Key uh, is is fantastic. Uh, you've also got Alan Cummings who plays oh, the yes. mayor. Uh, you got Christina Chenowitz who plays Margaret, oh. uh, the town busybody. Um, you got Fred Armistead who plays the Reverend. Uh, Jane uh, Krakowski, uh, Krakowski plays the Countess. Um, she wasn't in the first episode because I've only seen the first episode. Ah. Uh, and uh, Martin Shaw plays Leprechaun. Oh, there this you go. show, I've only seen um, the one episode so far and I loved it. Really? It almost feels like it, it, it's a film because I wonder how they're going to progress this, but obviously there is some kind of progression. There, there's got to be some yeah. sort of progression and I, I was, I've said before, because I, I love musicals. Yes. But it is weird that people, for no apparent reason, break out in song and sing about something mm. and then they finish the song and then everyone goes about their day as if nothing ever happened. And I've always wanted to see a movie or a show mm. where there was one or more than one character. And it, I think if you went back to the archives of uh, Unscripted, you would actually have heard me say this over the years. Yes. <laughs> a movie or TV show where... Two of the people are just like, what is going on? Why are people singing? Why is this a musical? Yeah. And this is the show. So they they arrive there and they just think it's like one of those, like um, uh, they have the medieval fairs or things like that. Mm. And they thought it, these are a bunch of actors. We've gone into this theme place and awesome. This is great. And so they just thought it was a show and they applauded and it, that was it. But then they came to the conclusion that, oh, my God, we can't leave Schmigadoon, we're <laughs> stuck here. And they try to go over the bridge and you go over the bridge and you just end up back in Schmigadoon. Ah. So. It, it, you could almost make it a horror, but obviously it's not a horror, but um, <laughs> someone being stuck. Because when you started talking about this, it was reminding me a lot of the Twilight um episode, uh, the Twilight Zone mm. episode, not the Twilight, <laughs> that's a completely different thing, the that's Twilight terrible. Zone yeah. <laughs> uh, episode, a stopover in a quiet town which centres on a couple who wake up in a town um, after a party one night. Oh, yeah. And um, they, no one's there, they can't get out and everything's fake. Um, but it's a little bit more of a horror um, spin to it rather than um, a fun musical element. Uh, I just, so. this Schmigadoon was just a, a joy uh, to behold. I also feel like um, Schmigadoon might be hard to find on the internet because it's hard to spell. S C H M I G A D O O N apostrophe. Schmigadoon. Ah, oh, found it. Cool. Great. Yep. Yeah, so it's on Apple TV uh, and it is, uh, it's great. It's it's uh, the first episode was directed by Barry Sonnefeld, ah. um, big old musical director and whatnot, uh, and yeah, I, I just I, I, I cannot um, say just how uh, amazing it was, um, and I look forward to seeing seeing more of the episodes because I think they're they're dropping like. Uh, weekly, so yep. it's one of those things where you, you, you don't get it all at once. You've got so to get be away. Bit, get away bit your patient. Hey, I actually don't mind that because I think um, there's excitement there, isn't there? Because you yeah. go, hey, this Thursday I can watch the next episode of Schmigadoon, like it used to be back in the day. Exactly. And we were like that with Loki. It was yeah. like you know, Wednesday night was Loki night and yeah. we were very excited to come home and, and, and watch it. It gives you something to look forward to during yeah. the day. That's that's exactly it. And I think we, we just went through this period of uh, Netflix just going, here's everything. Mm -hmm. And we just like binge it. Yep. But like it is good to, to space things out and have a bit of a think about it during the week. Do you remember water cooler conversations? People were like, yeah. did you watch X-Files last night? <laughs> and then you have a chat about X-Files. <laughs> it's like that's, that's the thing is like you uh. need to have these um, engagement, uh, no, appointment TV. Yeah. You need to have appointment TV so that uh, you know, you, everyone can see it at the same time or, or you know, same day. Yeah. And then the next day they go, oh, my God, did you see that thing? Oh. I know. Yeah. I know. And it just doesn't happen anymore. I mean, you don't hear anybody at work or wherever going, oh, my gosh, the next episode of Blah Blah's on or did you see Blah Blah last night? Because really, what is there to talk about? There's nothing to talk about anymore. There is. There is you just, you, 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 you've got like, a, you know, if a Marvel show's on, like there's a lot of talk about the Marvel shows. That is true. I shouldn't, so, yeah, I yeah. shouldn't say that. And I mean, there are a few TV series mm. which um, a lot of people are watching, so they, I suppose they talk about those. Yeah. But yeah, there is a lot of content out there and yeah. it's really hard to, to keep up. Well, I, I think everyone should watch Schmigadoon and talk Schmigadoon. about it at the water, to, water cooler next oh, day. Oh, I'll watch Schmigadoon. I yeah. think I'll give it a go. I'm looking for something new to watch. Um, what was I watching? 
I was watching Sabrina. The um, oh yes, which I the Chilling Adventures of which Sabrina is very dark. It is very, mm. very, very dark. I love when they break out in a song in that that uh, show. Very dark. I I really enjoy it. I've um, so I've been watching that, which is nice. I think um, that actually was a recommendation of yours. I think following mm. um, because I'd watched Dracula and I wanted something dark and gothic like. It, and it is very dark it's and gothic. Dark. It's a very dark. Have you, how how deep into Sabrina have you got? Oh, I'm literally like into the third series now. Have you? Did you see when? They did that episode where they sang Masquerade from um, Phantom of the Opera? Yes. That is so good. Yeah, it's, it's very good. It's um, Visually it's quite mm. – it's not – it's dark too. It's got a very cool vibe to it. And, um, yeah, I mean, witches aren't all fun, you know. They do um, worship the devil. Oh, yeah, yeah. So um, it's not like Sabrina back in the day with um, – was Melissa Joan Hart? Was she back in – Yep, that um, was Melissa Joan Hart. Yeah. Yes, and also I didn't realise, I can't remember for the life of me her name, but one of the aunts is um, in in The Chilling Adventures is very familiar, but I didn't recognise her at first. Um, let me see, what's her name? She's in a lot of English um, TV shows. She's um, the, the lady that's from uh, the English office. Yes, and thank you. she was also in Wonder Woman as well. She was, and I always remember her from... Black Books. I think she's in that episode where, um, oh gosh, I'm forgetting people's names. I'm getting old. <laughs> clearly, clearly, I'm aging at a very <laughs> rapid rate here. But yes, no, I didn't recognise her at first, and it was, um, yeah, it was really nice to see her in this. I think she's um, does a great job as the aunt mm. who's, who's a little bit nicer than the Miranda Otto yeah. aunt, who's quite um, evil. So, well, not evil, but just a bit more. Uh, bitter, I suppose. So, no, I think I'll keep watching it. Uh, but I'm always interested in, yeah, dark kind of things. <laughs> it's not great, but, um, yeah. So lots to watch out in the streaming world, which is fantastic. I've been watching Bob's Burgers too, just to break it up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's, Bob, it's Bob's Burgers, that's that's the one you got the uh, Disney Plus for. Yeah, yeah so all I 11. Try, I should try watching Bob's Burgers. I think you'll like it. All yeah. 11 series are on it. Uh, you know, it's an ca- adult cartoon. It doesn't quite reach the inappropriateness of, you know, things like Family Guy or South Park, which is quite nice yeah. for a change. But, um, yeah, it's got um, Linda, Bob and the, and the three children mm-hmm. and um, the, the children are wacky. And yeah. There's a, a show called Central Park on ah. um, uh, Apple TV Plus as well. I think you might like that. It's uh, set in Central Park and it's a, a musical um, animated uh, oh, show. Cool. Uh, but uh, Josh Gad's in it um, and uh, lots of other really awesome people. I think mm. Catherine Hahn is in it as well. She's in everything these days. Um, Lucy Davis is uh, Hilda Spellman. Thank you, Lucy Davis. Yeah. Yeah. And then you've also got Michelle Gomez who plays uh, Madam Satan. Yes. Well, she, oh, she plays yes. lots of different roles in this. Like yep. starts off as a school teacher yep. and then uh, yeah, plays some other evil does. characters. Yeah, really and she's cool. um, a familiar face too. Yeah. I think she was in – was she in Bad Education with um, Jack Whitehall? Yes. She was. And then she was in something also recently. Doctor too. Who as well. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, she's um, very versatile, isn't she? Oh, yes. She, um, Oh yes, gets out and about with her acting. Which I is think cool. it's amazing what uh, Doctor Who can do for your career. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. I mean, lots of people have succeeded with the Doctor Who. So um, yeah, no. I mean, there's there's so much to see and do. And um, oh, we should also mention that uh, Kern and uh, Shipka who plays Sabrina, yeah. and she was also the, the young daughter in um, uh, Mad Men. Do you know, I'm, I've not really got into Mad Men, but I know you and Rachel both watched it. Or yeah, well, I, I liked it. I don't think I liked it as much as Rachel and, and Kat mm. did, but uh, yeah, I did did uh, like it. Yeah, and she's obviously grown up a lot though because mm. that was quite a few years ago. Actually, speaking of Mad Men, I got really into Good Girls um, and I believe that they're um, not making any more episodes of Good oh, Girls. Right. So I think they've stopped. I can't remember. I think they're up to season four. Uh, well, hopefully they wrap it up. Yeah, I hope they do. I think it just wasn't renewed, so mm. I hope they just wrap it up nicely yeah. or they haven't finished filming and, and now they're <sighs> kind of stuck. But I thought that was quite a quirky yeah. quirky TV show. Speaking of wrapping up. <laughs> great segue, great segue. We are, we do need to wrap up. Um, but we will be back next week talking about more films. I've got a film called Shiver Baby, mm. uh, which um, I'm looking forward to talking about. And then, of course, there's a few other bits and pieces. Jungle Cruise, I think, as well. Oh, Jungle Cruise. Yeah. Cool. Excellent. Um I don't think Quizzy's going to be here tonight, so I think we've got a uh, another uh, show to play of his or something like that. We certainly yeah. do. So I will um, get that show up and running and, um, yeah, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.
This podcast has been brought to you by the Gentlemen of Pop Culture.